Hello everyone, welcome to Stars in Another Sky, the new podcast by the International Students of Ithaca College. My name is Ioana Varianiti. I am a third year writing student at Ithaca College from Athens, Greece, and I am delighted to be here today with three wonderful people from the international community, and I cannot wait to get into the conversation and and start. Uh, so today I'm going to give a chance to everyone to introduce themselves. So today I am here with Tiro Serobe. I am a South African international student here at IC. My major is cinema and photography with a double minor in African diaspora studies as well as business administration because you got to make money somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Thank you, my dear. name is Stuti Singh. I am from Nepal. I am a senior finance student here at Ithaca College with minors in business analytics and theater. Uh, hello, my name is uh, Ahmed. Uh, I'm from Saudi Arabia. Uh, my major is occupational therapy and this is my first year at Ithaca. Thank you so much, all of you, for being here, for sharing this space and dedicating your time to this. Um, I'm really excited that all of us can finally start getting together more. Um, one of the reasons why I really wanted to start this podcast and take this initiative was of course, like to bring us closer. But second of all, I've really been thinking about that this summer based on the social political climate and living in the midst of a pandemic in a whole new country that, you know, you're away from everything and everyone, you know, um, I've realized that so that um, international students, even, even though we're one of the most racially, ethnically, culturally, linguistically diverse communities within the United States and within Ithaca College and our smaller scale for this school, we haven't really gotten any rep regarding <laughs> we like, what has happened. Um, and we haven't really received the necessary support mm. and understanding when it comes to our identities and our struggles yeah. in this country. So I really wanted to create a space for us to gather and like be able to share our experiences and just talk to each other and hopefully create a platform for ourselves so other people can be more aware of our issues as well. Um, so I don't know, like to start things off, like what what has been on your mind lately? How have you been feeling? It's it's a whirlwind of emotions, especially for me as a senior. Like I'm nearing my graduation in a couple of months and that's leaving me to think about you know, reflect on all my experiences in the past yeah. three years that I've been here and how I have grown as a person, both academically as well as personally, as well as like, you know, social circle wise. <laughs> However, I can't stop thinking about what's going to look like yes. as in as in terms of what my life is going to be after graduation. Like as an international student, we all are. This is something that that's eminent for all of mm -hmm. us because we will all be 
soon competing for the job market and yes. obviously our visa status and citizenship oh. status always comes <laughs> up in that <laughs> um so that's kind of what, I, what yeah. has been in my mind so yeah yeah i don't know about um, you know, to go off of what Stuti was just saying now, that is something that um, I think a lot of people don't... I keep having these conversations, especially with pandemic, right? Like, it really... Yeah. Like, everyone around the world is struggling to find jobs. Like, mm-hmm. let's not pretend and think like, oh, there's jobs everywhere. No, there's jobs nowhere. <laughs> I mean, not to be cynical, like, I'm a positive person, but... You know, it's one of those things that a lot of people don't know is that when you apply for your visa, your work visa here, it's like you, the company, you either have to pay out of pocket, which is like $1,700 minimum, or like the company has to pay. And in doing that, they have to prove why you were a better hire other than an American citizen. Mm -hmm. And And it can't just be because your CV was amazing. Like you really have to, you have to be excellent at what you do. Mm -hmm. And like my running joke at the moment is that it will actually and honestly be cheaper for me to get married than to me get a visa. Think about it. You just need like a little bit of money and then all of a sudden I got a husband and I'm in America. I'm not saying that that's my plan because I don't need no man, but... But it's a plan. It's a plan. Like this is something... Yeah, there we go. But this is the thing and I think a lot of people don't realize this is that, you know, especially like I'm, I'm in film, right? Like this is the hub, you know, or I go to China and I don't really... I don't really speak Mandarin, so I don't know if China's a place for me, but, you know, maybe I should move. But, like, if I go back home to South Africa, our industry is still developing. It is still on its way up. It's more than what it was, but it definitely is not established Mm -hmm. as it is here. And never mind, in in my area of study, the opportunity is significantly lower like, what a lot of people don't know is that, like, almost 60% of the internships available are, like, non-paying. I mm-hmm. legally cannot work what's, at Starbucks. Yeah, what's up with that? So, what's up with what, that? I'm eating, I'm living, where? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These are some of the conversations that, you know, a lot of times, I think as much as we have amazing career services and we have amazing professors who are, like, really supportive of us on campus, I don't think they give us enough support with, like, how do we enter the job market strong, confident, and able to get those positions? You know what I mean? Um, 100%. What about you, (laughs) Ahmed? Well, I'm from a whole different perspective. This is, like, my first year. So, like, everything you're talking about is so far ahead in the future for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, it, like, that's, yeah. I'm sorry to, like, interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is so interesting. Like, we really have people from a lot of different backgrounds. Yes. Like, exactly. with, uh, with different points of view. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. It just basically ruined the majority of, like, the freshman year college experience right yeah yeah and i started in the spring like not like every mm-hmm. other student so like i didn't know anybody oh. it was really awkward <laughs> meeting people you know it was just a little tough and then yeah. three months in everything is locked out so i'm just stuck on campus oh. also until now so yeah it's just weird you know um i, I was planning on meeting family for the summer that didn't happen. It's not happening anytime soon. <laughs> so, I, I yeah. don't know, you know? It's still early for 
know, yeah, I mean, you know what you're saying with that is that that's like one of the things I suppose with this pandemic that a lot of people, a lot of people like constantly are like, oh, you're still in Ithaca, you're still on campus, and I'm like, where can I go? Exactly. <laughs> like there's travel restrictions, I can't yeah. go home, um, and. Even like, what does that mean if you go home? Because I mean, we saw, right? Exactly. Early pandemic, exactly. all of a sudden, all of our visas were questioned and it was like, ah, what does this mean? What is this, like the legal ramifications of all of this? So, you know, there is that. But I don't know, to me, I'm also like slightly hopeful. I just yeah. think because, you know, we're, we're engaging with American students here like every single day with people. And I think it's just a small interaction, something that can make a difference. And we raise that awareness with our peers so i'm just hopeful that by the time our peers become the people in charge you know or hopefully god willing like we become influential enough you know that we can make this difference for like generations coming up under us you know and we can be like look we get this zero aid for you when it comes to like you know fafsa but i'm wealthy enough to sponsor you (laughs) like that's kind of so so like i think that what's really happening and what we're really being told as international students a lot of the time is that not only do you have to be not only are you within a space where the competition is crazy as it is like between american people for Mm, example for example like between people who were born here um, and just have the ability to like apply for jobs, even if it's uh, like literally the job at the grocery store. Like I know that, like for example, I needed to be employed this summer, like really struggling yeah. financially and not being able to work anywhere. Yeah, really, really puts a strain mm-hmm. on you and like what you're able to do and being still being in another country yeah. still being limited as in terms of space and transportation yes and still be because like i don't know about y'all but i don't have a car for example <laughs> so like so especially like living in ithaca oh. regardless if it's summer or winter i feel that this is a place where you need a car yes mm-hmm. so so that's hard <laughs> Um, but yeah, apart from that, like apart from the smaller scale things, what Stuti was talking about, even in the grander scheme mm-hmm. of things, you're constantly expected not to be the best at what you do, to be the best out of everyone, to be the to constantly over exceed yourself yes. just to think that you have a chance. Yeah, at, at getting what you want, like mm-hmm. you're constantly told that, like, no, like you have to be like the super duper <laughs> best because <laughs> because if if you don't do it for you have the disadvantage from yes. the get go, which is like, oh, you want a visa. Some people like fully just like disregard the applications that oh, yeah. need the visa. Yeah. Um, like if they see that you want that you need a visa, they're like, okay, next. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even the people who will lo- look at your application, like you still need to wow them yes. to even get like a chance at an interview. Yeah. Especially at this point where mm. no one is hiring yes. the end. Yes. Like American people aren't getting hired yeah. right now. 
Yeah, so like that makes things really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, my heart goes out to all of the seniors, the international <laughs> and seniors. You, you are in Chris. Yes, in your mind forever. Because I mean, it's not that uh, America is the. It's it's not. A, I'm not keeping all my eggs in one basket. That yes. I have to stay here. Mm-hmm. Um, I would gladly work back home because it's so much more convenient my family is closer my friends are closer it's mm-hmm. my country however having spent the last three years here it's it's natural for someone to get a taste of what it is working abroad and that's the whole purpose of studying abroad to get fully immersed in a new yes. culture and like broaden your understanding of the world and broaden your knowledge and like eventually take it back to your country and like mm. you know merge it come up with new ways to like yes. be a truly global person yes. and like mm-hmm. create global opportunities for other people who may not have yes. the exact same opportunities that we were privileged enough to get back get here but it's the just the hurdle that is right in the initial part mm-hmm. where we can't even access a lot of those experiences. Yes. Um, yeah. Is what really, really kind of Gets in a way you. discourages. Yeah. yeah. Even though I'm like usually like a 150% motivated person, that's like draws yes, you in and pulls you back so like coming out of that it takes the extra amount of mm. push especially like not having a lot of your like family um background and like you know not having a lot of family connections here you can be like oh i know my father's friend or like my cousin's uh, girlfriend's dad is working in this company that you might be a good of so like having to build that network up b- by yourself like from the ground I think that's also another struggle mm-hmm. that we, as international students, have to go through. Uh, for on, like, on that end of, like, getting a job and whatnot, uh, my plans, uh, I don't know about staying in the U.S., uh, like most international students. <laughs> 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 Who does? <laughs> uh, so, I don't know, it, it was just getting the education, coming back with a degree, you know, it, it just looks better on, on your resume and stuff mm-hmm. like that when you go back to your country. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was getting the education here and then just straight heading back home, helping the people in my country, mm-hmm. you know, bringing them up as well, educating them, teaching them, you know, doing as much as I possibly can. Because not everyone gets the opportunity to leave yeah. and get yeah. educated in a different country, you know? So that was one of the goals that I had in mind, but yeah. Yeah. I fully, I fully agree, and I feel that going off of what everyone said, it's it's really important at times to sit down and and really appreciate like the the privilege that we have yeah, being yeah. here, um, and experiencing education in another country. But yeah, as Stuti was saying, like sometimes it's. It's really hard to sit down and take it all in, especially mm-hmm. when you're being refrained from certain experiences or from certain spaces or when you're being made to feel uncomfortable because of your identity. Uh, so based on that, I feel like we can really dive into like the topic of this episode, which is identity and our names, um, as we discussed. So, um, names, names. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, like, 
your name. It's the first thing that introduces you to your peers, to your school, like to to the rest of the world. It's one of the first ways in which people perceive you and part of the impression they create for you. Um, yeah. Um, who would like to go first? I, I feel that like the it's really self-explanatory, like the the struggle of having an exotic in quotation marks or like um, ethnic like ethnic sounding name, like uh, I yeah, like all of us do. Um, and for for American people, um, and. And I realized that that this is something that a lot of international folk struggle with, but all of us at some point, like, or another, we have tried to, like, assimilate in mm-hmm. one way or another. And and that translates, like, even on our names from, from the get-go. Like, I know that when I came here, for example, my name is Ioana, so... Everyone calls me like Ilana, Elana, Iana, Ivana, Moana, like literally, like, like, like literally everything, bro. I've heard everything at this point. Like I've heard everything, um, like everything that rhymes with Anna, like but my name, I, but, but my name. Yeah. like um, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I really fell into that trap, and when I was like in my first year like the first couple months I started going by Joanna and I remember yeah you remember I remember (laughs) that and she's like this is my name but you can call me Joanna and we were like no we're all international we're not calling you that yeah (laughs) like that's not happening but then other people would know you as Joanna and they would be like Joanna and I'm like who is that? I know. I don't know. Me know too. I was like, is. who is that? I was like, that's not my name. <laughs> that is, and it's not even that's, that's your personality. I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, that's not me. Um, yeah, I feel that that like a lot of it came from the fact that like I came here, and there was this idea within my head of like what life here was going to be. And then I came here and, like, life was different because also, like, being Greek, my identity isn't really represented, like, within America especially. Like, in America, people are like, okay, uh, Zeus and togas. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, no. Or Santorini. Or Santorini. (laughs) Santorini. I'm like, okay, bad. But, yeah, so, like... I, I got here and, like, so many people, like, from the get-go, like, from since when I got here have been like, oh, my God, like, what are you? Like, I don't understand this identity that, like, is not a typical, like, Amer- like within America identity. So it's like, huh, like, I don't really know how to grasp it and how to categorize you into a box. Mm-hmm. So yes. then I can oppress you accordingly. <laughs> that's valid yeah which is is like valid um and I was just like damn like I really lost myself especially the first year and just like really trying to like confront into what I thought was like the American dream which is a construction 
of whiteness, eliticism, um, and um, generational wealth, essentially, yeah. that, like, like, we just do not have here. So... Yeah, I feel that like that really makes that really takes you by surprise when you come here because you're like, oh shit, like I have what what's going on? <laughs> so like, how do I position myself yes. in this? Like, how do I create space for myself, yeah. knowing who I am and what I want to do? Because like, there's always gonna be people who are gonna suppress that space and who are gonna try to take it away from you. So, yeah, like, what do you guys think? I went off. <laughs> um, you know, to add to what you're saying, I was very surprised as to how many people get my name correct. Hmm. Like, just because also culturally coming from South Africa, we're a new, we're a young democracy, right? We're like, what, 20 something years? It's super new. We're still. Well, we're younger. <laughs> okay, great, great. So it's not just we call like 13 years. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So from like a recently democratized nation and also just the weird microaggressions I receive at home right Mm -hmm. with particularly like white South Africans where they refuse to say my name correctly my name is not even one of the hardest names it's Tiro Mm -hmm. which is an anglicized version of it or Tiro which is its correct pronunciation okay because I've been saying Tiro the whole time that is like fine it's just because I sound the way I sound, I sound very, I'm very like, you know, English, South African yeah. speaking because my first yeah. language, because mm-hmm. I sound like this, I feel it's very strange to then int- introduce myself as like, hello, my name is Tiro. Like, where did that come from? You know, so I go by Tiro. I'm fine with it. If you can't say my name correctly, I'm also fine with that. Um, but I found it really surprising just how many Americans... I mean, at first, like, don't get me wrong. It's, we go through the whole thing. I'm Tyrell. I'm Tyro. I'm Tyrone. I'm Tyrone. I'm Timon. I'm like everything other than my name. And then I spell it and people are like, Tyru. And I'm like, what? What? Where are we going? And then I realize it's this magic trick that I do with people when they get it, like, it's like the 50th time they're getting flustered and embarrassed, right? Because they're like, oh my word, is this a microaggression upon the African, you know? And I'm just, I'm like, you know, just take a breath. And they look at me and they're like, what? And I'm like, I've got a magic trick. I look at them, I lock eyes, and I'm like, Tiro. And something awakens in their soul. (laughs) And then they get it, right? So, I mean, like, that's been my thing. My biggest thing, you know, what you're talking about with regards to your narrative doesn't really fit within the identities that are, like, well established here Mm -hmm. in the States of internationals, right? I'm from South Africa. And for some inane reason, people keep thinking that South Africa and Ghana have the same cultural identity. Like, oh my god, Ghana is so far away. It's a joke. Like no, the, the way that like for for people here, like there's people here who think that Africa is a country. That's the thing, and this is the like, and I'm like what we constantly fight this. Like I have a friend from Zimbabwe, and there was a moment freshman year, I think a month in, where we had a breakfast. To discuss our Africanness. Because mm-hmm. we're like, are we... Because we both our identities from Southern Africa aren't... It's hardly ever discussed or recognized. And even like the community, international community on campus, it's just us. Mm-hmm. So we had a breakfast, I kid you not, of just being like, we are African, right? Like, we're not 
pretending because it's this constant feel where like there's there's this imaginary idea as to what the country of Africa is because it's not a continent yeah. apparently um, <laughs> and like, like there's this like whole notion and idea that's based off like northern western African identities that is nothing at all like ours mm-hmm. and we had to sit there and be like no we are African it's just different like mm-hmm. the people are like oh look at this kente cloth and I'm like I, I love that but I don't wear kente cloth like we wear beads <laughs> like, be- I kid you not beaded skirts we wear black t-shirts now because colonization but before no um, we wear beaded necklaces beaded headdresses mm-hmm. we have completely different things like I mean for example, like in Zulu culture, there's like the reed dance of like these virgin women and they do this thing at the chief's house. Don't know much about it. It's not my culture. But, <laughs> you know, we, this is the thing. And this is where I come from. I come from a background of like we have 11 official languages yeah. and so many different yeah. groupings of people. Like yeah. within, that's, within that, like, that's what I wanted to say that like within the, the way that like I've been brought up to like think is that within a country itself there are so many different cultures and like sub like sub cultures Mm -hmm. like originating from like like something more um like broader within the country Mm -hmm. and like the civilization but like within my country like there is so many like you go to an island and it has its own culture Culture, yes Mm -hmm. like you know so i feel that there's also like a monetization Mm. of culture in this country and like oh this is the this is the culture or like this is the um the culture right now yes um more specifically which which is harming to the people to different identities to to different experiences as well and like to add on to that not to say obviously america is like a monolith like we're not saying that um but I think it no, is no, one of those mean. things where when you're here, the culture is to oversimplify other cultures, mm-hmm. right? Where I feel like internationally, unfortunately, fortunately, we don't know it's a double-edged sword, you know, due to globalization, colonization, all big, bad, wonderful things that has happened to us in our countries back home, you know, we do have a sense of there is greater. So, like, when you're telling me about Greece, I'm like, okay, this adds up. Like, it's not the same thing. Wherever I go, I go to Athens, it's one way. I go somewhere else, it's somewhere else, yeah. you know? But I think we have, like, the way in which we're educated is that, like, we appreciate and understand, like, that there are complexities to other cultures that we, will, we won't maybe understand. But there's, you know, obviously, like in anything, there's similarities that we can grasp onto and learn. Where I find here, it's just, there is a culture of like America, the big imaginary that mm-hmm. like we all feed into. And yeah. then there's also just like, and in doing that, we also just kind of, every other culture, it feels like it is secondary, in my opinion, just in my experience as well. See, yeah. going off of that, like I relate to what you said about having different ethnic groups within your country because we have a saying in Nepal, and I'm going to say it in Nepali as well in English, it says, it's like, or like, a garden of like four castes and 36 subcasts so that was like yeah the founder of our country or like this king who like united all the uh districts and made nepal into what it is today so that saying was like a founding saying of how diverse nepal is and how appreciative we've all been you know and uh it's this whole idea back home that we uh have grown up with that nepal is a garland full of flowers Mm. of different color, different sizes, different shapes, 
but they're all in the same yes, garden. So exactly. They grow together exactly. And make the whole garden beautiful, and everyone who comes in to view the garden sees it as a beautiful multicultural yes. garden. Um, so having grown up with that idea and coming here and being seen only as an Asian for me, mm-hmm. that's a very mm-hmm. big categorization for me, which is like beyond me because Asia is a very, very that's what I, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That yeah, that in in so many like ways that that people categorize each other in this country, it's so it's a it's a box essentially mm. and and it's meant to suppress your identity yes. and your individuality because what you just said mm-hmm. like like it's not yeah like what is it like asia is is a huge continent yeah. so you can <laughs> yeah like i realize the 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 way in which it offers um like a form of identity but especially Mm -hmm. for international folks like having your identity and your perspective of identity be um reshaped that way is is confusing Mm -hmm. at times so yeah yeah please uh keep going yeah um so just thinking about that but sometimes that also leads me to think the reverse Mm. Um, because a lot of my friends who are back home, because of this whole globalization and, you know, digital media being what it is today, <laughs> mm-hmm. there is an influence mm. on the Western culture to a very yes. high extent back home. Money. And, and, and then here we are trying to, you know, like retain our originality and authenticity and like, uh, you know, everyone who is interested to learn or like curious enough to learn about us, we share with them our uniqueness. But back home, I see friends trying to kind of emulate the yes. culture that is here. Yes. Oh my Yeah. Don't cringe. Like little things like red solo cups and beer pong tables. Bro, yeah, I'm like, doing- I'm, how many times I've had friends be like, can you bring me red cups so I can play pong? I'm like, what? But even the idea of beer pong, like I know like family, like young people, we're talking like they're 30, like, yeah. you know, young, they did not play beer pong at parties. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we all play beer pong at parties nowadays. Yeah. Or I find, like, the biggest joke I find back home is, like, South African rappers would mm-hmm. oh my God. say things in American accents. <laughs> yes. And it's like, they'll be like, yeah, man, and so then. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Like, uh. stop, hold on to that. Like, don't let that leave you. You know what I mean? Like, don't fall prey to that like you are going to miss it you know we think it's such a small cost mm-hmm. you know I mean I had this conversation in my politics class the other day we think oh it's just something small but by the time you realize what you gave up it's piece by piece <laughs> yeah. breaking yeah. Out. you really are you don't realize it yeah yeah like you mentioned with especially rap oh my god Arabic rap does not work it does not work like stop stop it is so bad and like I don't know especially with what else uh, especially in the, like I know especially in America people sag with your pants you know, oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> people out of all of the US grab that one thing 
like, like there's a bunch of other good things in the U.S. Why, why do you like grab onto that? <laughs> you know, I like you didn't yeah. need that. And then people started doing that. It was like a weird phase in Saudi Arabia, and then it was just, it was just bad. The whole country was gonna, it was gonna flip. <laughs> uh, you know, like the elderly didn't like it, but then people were like rebelling. It, it was just, it was a weird phase. Oh, uh, but yeah, um, like other international students, like. I don't like relate with everything because mm-hmm. my country wasn't colonized like most other same countries. yeah mine wasn't also yeah colonized. oh yeah so that was like one big thing <laughs> I don't like cannot relate cannot <laughs> relate <laughs> um, but it was weird because my country even though it didn't get colonized is has a very like strong strong culture yeah very yeah like people stick to their culture mm-hmm. it's like their core it's everything like. You, you do everything by your culture, your yeah. religion, everything. And then, especially Saudi Arabia, was so diverse. You know, all mm-hmm. these tribesmen getting together. It's, it's just a whole chaotic, weird phase over there. <laughs> so, coming to the U.S., like, like a whole 180 degrees, like seeing a whole different perspective from the world, was also a different experience, you know? And mm-hmm. then trying to explain that back home... Is, it just gets a little complicated and <laughs> weird. But yeah, that's pretty much it for Saudi Arabia. Talking about the whole colonization thing, like like I said, like Nepal was also never colonized. So Nepal is like a very, very old country. Mm-hmm. We have like manuscripts yeah, from like you 500 have, BC. Your civilization uh, goes yeah. back Way so far. To the origin of mankind yeah. or humankind at this point. I was and then, destroyed. Yeah, um. and then just... <laughs> There is so much history and culture from there that we've come up to this point, but America is a very new country, mm-hmm. and and the it's an it's an experiment it's a, essentially, yeah. and the fact like, that it's everyone, still it's still going, <laughs> it's still going, and the fact that everyone here, like or like most people here, are immigrants, exactly. they're yes. all from different parts built, of the world. Practically, yeah. Yes, yeah. so that makes me think like. When I talk to people, they're like, oh, I did an ancestry test or I did a DNA test. Oh. Um, and that's not even a thing back home, first of all. You're from Nepal. <laughs> yeah, that's what I <laughs> What you mean you want a DNA <laughs> test? <laughs> you having doubts? <laughs> <laughs> because I never grew up with associating myself from more than other than the fact that the country I was born in, mm. where I was born in was my identity, where I grew up in was my identity. Yeah. But I never thought about going, going back into my ancestry generation generations of back and finding out like i am 20 percent this and 40 percent this and that so that was another very like a culture shock to me mm. when i came here where people did like oh interesting because that's that's not something you hear often back yeah. home yeah that's so funny yeah because they oh sorry you say that don't stress um is i mean south <laughs> south africa is like located really perfectly between mm-hmm. the continent of asia and like, you know, you can go around South Africa, uh-huh. loop your way up to Europe or go to the Americas, you know. So we have just, I kid you not, just so many people mm. who have maybe families immigrated from there. But then obviously we have like indigenous peoples and so forth and so on. But it's so interesting that you say like, you know, back home, it's it's very dependent on like where you are with regards yeah. to Ancestry.com. We don't have Ancestry.com. You just <laughs> either have another passport or you don't. Yeah. 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 That yeah. is it. Yeah. Yeah. Day, you're South African who maybe for example like we have like a huge Greek community in Cape Town so what? please come through um, please <laughs> I'm packing right now it's great oh, wait, what? 
we have a huge Greek community, especially in Canada. I want, like, I wanted to go either way, like, where COVID <laughs> was done, like, I, it was in my immediate plan. I, I didn't know there was yes. a Greek community there. There's a whole there. Greek community in South Africa what? who are going strong, but they are South African Greek. Like, they claim mm-hmm. South yeah. Africa first, and then they'll be like, oh yeah, and also, you know, yeah. and I do these things as well, and we're like, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, and, like, that's one of the things, you know, growing up with so many people, so many different diasporas mm-hmm. as well, like, you know, yeah. in in South Africa, but with having another passport back home is a privilege of mm-hmm. more often than not amongst like white people mm-hmm. um and because they'll be like oh i'm british and they just really recently <laughs> by like by recently i mean like 2012 recently changed it where you can't just claim british ancestry anymore because the uk was like please like south africa stop um <laughs> you have to prove that your grandfather was british or had a british passport for you mm-hmm. to get yours now mm-hmm. but like i say it's a very recent new policy put in place um so yeah so you know to hear you going like oh my god we have manuscripts from like the dawn of time we have a whole thing called the cradle of humankind back home Uh i kid you not and some of those hominids and whatnots are not in south africa like they were taken out Mm -hmm. or they were destroyed or we have like amazing things you can go and visit these places but they were strategically destroyed Mm -hmm. you know in the name of colonization. So it's so uh, amazing to hear this when you're like, nah, we have a culture. It is this. You yeah. are from the place. Yeah. You got You know, yeah. like, that's yeah. amazing. I mean, you know. Yeah, I like a hundred percent. I really feel that like what Studi was saying, there's, a, there's such a fixation yes. here with figuring out, quote, what, you are because I feel that like as we were saying before just because there's such a diversity of people here because essentially yeah everyone came to this country Mm -hmm. or was brought here by colonizers um there's no um the uprootment is so intense for so many people and for so many communities and yes. identities and cultures that I, that I feel after a certain and and the oppression is so prominent <laughs> uh if you're in in an identity group that like doesn't uh like confront or fully confront to whiteness and what whiteness and the legacy of whiteness means in yes. America um and and I feel that that there's a lot of people who are who are like I I want to know my root yeah. and and that's something that like I've felt so much here like like being away from my own root and my own culture and being being away from like what makes you who you are essentially and like gives you so many individual characteristics and like aspects of your background like we get uprooted here like we've been Mm -hmm. here for like two years so like I can't even imagine like what it's like to like have generations of like um being in America and having like that influence and the western influence that is so prominent in this in this world and and globally mm-hmm. nowadays because as as we were saying before like i can't think of too many places in the world at the moment that like the american influence hasn't gotten through because mm-hmm. yeah. i know that like i grew up 
um, like flooded in American media, like yes. submerged oh, in yeah. it, like from a very young age. And I feel that like in my country, um, as you were saying before, Tito, um, there's no like because of the centuries of colonization and of just people um, and and our resources being exhausted on so many levels and not receiving any reparations yes. or help. Um, that makes you really sensitive to outside influence. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have the means to reproduce and and essentially have and represent your own culture. But at the same time, it's a culture that so many people are benefiting from. Yes. And getting, and where American whiteness and the Western world gets its foundation, essentially. But you don't have access to it, like to reproduce it within yourself and like within your people. It's, it's really intense and but but you learn to take it yeah almost I feel like because like I reached a point where I was like okay like this is what's on tv right now mm-hmm. and yes and like this is the music that I'm listening to this is like what's being broadcasted to me and I don't have too much control over it I have control like within my circumstances and my realities like choose the material that I receive in the best way that I can but still like you don't have access to your own material like example like I was seeing like this new Netflix show like Blood of Zeus um and I was talking like with my boyfriend about like oh shit like is there um is it originally in Greek and I was like from the get I was like nah nah, it's not, nah don't don't get your hopes up um and I was like let me bet you like twenty dollars right now that there's not even gonna be a Greek dub yes like mm, the audio yeah. translation yeah. and we go oh, and guess what it's like <laughs> there's not a greek dub no. so i'm like you're you're taking and i feel like we've grown up i, I at least me i've grown up within like a culture and, and a background where like it, it's not that big of a deal to do that like mm-hmm. to get inspired by yes. other civilizations to like stand on the shoulders of giants and just like because I I feel that like Greek people have been really used to that happening Mm -hmm. to us so like but like it's not that deep I feel like because it's it's the way culture flows sometimes Mm -hmm. um yeah but when but when it gets to the point where like the own like the very people who are producing the culture, the history and everything about it don't even have access to it. That's where Mm. the problem starts Mm. and like where, like where it gets deep. Yeah. I have a question just because it's something I've realized like back home, like you're saying, I kid you not. I listen to, American music or British people. I like British artists. I love Adele. Um, <laughs> I love her. Um, but, 
and in terms of like TV shows and things like that, like I grew up watching Friends. I grew up oh, watching yeah. Oh yeah. The Big oh, Bang yeah. Theory. You know what I mean? I mean, I kid you not, I've even watched Seinfeld. Like I that's how deep it goes. Yeah. But yeah. I find that being here and I've listened to a lot more South African music. I go out of my way to watch South African mm-hmm. films and TV shows and just just for that little sense of home, you know what I mean? Mm, because, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, there's this Netflix show called Blood and Water. Um, it's a South African show. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, South African high school. It's so, it is it, you know? <laughs> and, like, you could, and just, like, so, just even the small things, like, linguistically. And you're just mm-hmm. like, wow, I really miss that. Like, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, so, do you guys, have yeah. you guys find that as well? Or? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I definitely like what the other week I just started out of nowhere I just started listening to Arabic music <laughs> I don't usually do that I usually just start listening to American music yeah. mm-hmm. yes and pop and whatnot. Uh, but out of nowhere I just started searching music that my dad listened to yes yeah. and I searched it and just started listening like hours yeah. just listening <laughs> I was like man I really miss this <laughs> yeah that's a thing that has happened for the past three years and um, so I am I was in the international club e-board for like the first two years um, and then I realized that one of my biggest festivals called Holi, which is the Festival of Colors, was not even celebrated here. It used mm. to be, but then it stopped yes. for like a couple of different reasons, but I was like, that is one day of the year among the many other festivals that we have that I really looked forward to and that mm. was a big sense of what made me feel back home. So like Ithaca didn't have one and they had one in Cornell. So my first year, my friends and I, we went to Cornell. And my only question the entire time was that, is that why isn't this a thing in Ithaca College? So the next chance I get, the very next year we were like, we're bringing Holy back to Ithaca mm-hmm. just to, you know, like have that sense of home. So yeah, we worked, we planned, it, it's an April event and we planned since November wow. to make it happen. Cause you had to like, you know, follow the safety yeah, standards yeah. and yeah. the colors and, um, and just making sure everything goes according to plan. And just having that three hour worth of event to make it make you feel like you're at home a little bit mm-hmm. and maybe even share it with people here. Like I invited a lot of my both international and American friends and everyone enjoyed it. And it was that that satisfaction mm-hmm. of experience what you do at home, but at the same time, the happiness of having shared it with people here. I think that was like one day that I was really feeling blessed in a way yeah that i made this happen you know like it was a team but like bringing the idea forth yes that takes an initiative so taking initiatives like that um i think is like little ways of finding to connect back home things like that is very important when you're so away from your family and culture and uh, this year we had a pandemic, so yeah, we, we definitely did. couldn't do that. Yeah. You know? But like, this is even some of the things that you're saying. You're saying like you're bringing Holly here. Mm-hmm. I have obviously pandemic this year. I couldn't do it. But what I did from like my first year, I did not stop celebrating Heritage Day from uh-huh. South Africa. Mm-hmm. And that's like a way, like I say, we have so many people in South Africa. So Heritage Day is a celebration of different cultures and yeah. your heritage. Yeah. And you dress up in traditional attire, you yeah. work in school, everyone loves it. You know, and it's even one of those times where I, in the past, you know, this is pre-appropriation conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Really, like, I, I kid you not, we borrowed that conversation from here. And mm-hmm. we were like, oh, but like up until that point, people used to like, culturally like swap clothes even yeah. and like yeah, yeah. yeah. because it was, it was a celebration right uh-huh. of like 
you know sharing sharing yes so like let's say if I have an extra skirt I get my friend in it uh-huh. and we but it's all to celebrate like look at how diverse we are yay and I have I kid you not because you know we have to. We have, I have an African printed like uh, pants, like from traditional, I think it's Tonga material. Mm-hmm. And I wear them every single year. Now it's in the, like back home it's in the springtime, mm-hmm. but here it's the fall. So it's kind of mm-hmm. cold and the pants are not that thick. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you put on your layers underneath and I wear it and I celebrate it. And I found that that's even just by doing something small like that. One, it makes me not feel as homesick, but yeah. also it starts a really good conversation because yeah. people are like, those are great pants. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I am celebrating Heritage Day. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something I've related to because every year, another biggest festival of ours is Tihar or Diwali as like yes. Diwali is like more the Indian way of saying it and Tihar is like Nepali way of saying okay. it but essentially the idea is the same that it's a festival of lights mm-hmm. it's celebrated on a new moon so the yes. sky is dark so like you bring your own lights to light up the world around you and your Aww. house yes um, yeah and then every year I made sure that I was dressed up in kurta which is one of our um, ethnic outfits or this year, I w- this has literally happened three days ago. I was up till 4 a.m. finding my perfect lehenga, which is like a skirt and a blouse and a shawl version. Oh, yes. But it's like very intricately embroidered wow. with like lace yeah. and silk and like... I, I, get, I get exactly yeah. what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So I ordered mm-hmm. that just not this past week because that event is coming up. Yes. That festival is coming up in two weeks. Um... And I was really sad this year because every year I used to go back home either in the winter and summer and bring it from home to wear it for that year. And this year I had to order it from here, but it's being shipped from back home. So like, yeah, okay. I said, oh my God, yeah. that's, that's a whole new conversation. Like the shipping, shipping from back yeah. home, the, the fact that it takes like a year yeah. or something to, like to yeah. get something shipped. It's yeah. like, we but, don't but come on. But, yeah, no, but the, the fact that you brought up about interesting conversations every time we were celebrating um, Tihar or Diwali in um, Ithaca we would have people from the Ithacan which is our newsletter or the student newsletter if you're not from Ithaca and you don't know what the Ithacan is um, we had people the, both photographers and interviewers coming from there for to cover the event and I would since I was always over the top with my outfit <laughs> right from head to toe yes um, I would every year I've been interviewed on what the culture is what the essence of the festival is what my outfit is and I've been so happy sharing that and I'm yeah. so glad I'm so sad that we can't do this this year because of the pandemic but I, I'm still doing the, my very best this year to celebrate yes. in any way I can and yeah. on my Instagram people will definitely see it <laughs> <laughs> we're looking for yeah. it yeah, yeah. <laughs> 